Retirement is often seen as a destination, but we believe it's an opportunity to pursue your passions, realize your dreams, and live a purposeful life. Great decisions, incredible lives. Retire with Intention podcast is about more than just money. It's about embracing the things that truly matter, the experiences, the relationships, and the impact you leave behind. Here is your host, John Creekmer. Well, hey, everybody, John here, and uh, welcome again to the Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast. And I'll tell you what, every single week, I just get more and more encouraged with everyone I talk to, and uh, I've had some phenomenal feedback, and uh, thank you so much for listening. And, um, you know, it's been kind of interesting, just the number of people that have reached out. I think I've heard from folks, maybe in all 50 states now, um, that I've never met before that um, are just walking away every single week with different takeaways. So encouraging to hear. So thank you for listening and uh, feel free to share information um, and, and refer people over again. This podcast is on every single uh, podcast station out there. So you can really download it and subscribe wherever you're at. So thank you again for listening. Today, I am so excited to introduce you all to a new friend of our, uh, myself and our firm, Babs Plunkett. And uh, we'll have all of information from Babs, how to get in contact with her and uh, how to find out more information about her different uh, services and books and uh, and really tools that she has developed. It's a phenomenal resource. As far as in the show notes, be sure to check those out. Uh, links to her website and how to reach her. And so a little background, Babs Plunkett is a catalyst for choosing joy from empty nest to retirement. That's a big period of time, empty nest to retirement. And so a certified retirement coach, a life coach, and best-selling author of Choose Joy, Three Keys to Investing Your Time in Retirement. Babs is also the founder of the Choose Joy Method to Rediscover Your Purpose online course and host of a free Facebook group called Empty Nesters Joyful Purpose Club, a fun place to make new friends, swap ideas on living fully in this next phase of life, and it truly is that next stage of life. And so to contact Babs, be sure to check things out as far as www. Babsplunkett.com. Hey, Babs, thank you so much for being with us today. Great to be with you, John. Awesome. Hey, can you share with everybody, briefly introduce yourself and, um, and kind of your background and uh, just a little bit about who you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm Babs Plunkett and, you know, the bio gave quite a, you know, good description, but I am a certified life coach and I'm a retirement coach. I got certified back in 1998 when that was still a new concept. I have worked with people through the lifespan and my core passion right now is people emptiness through retirement. And I found that, you know, anybody who's been a parent, even if they're in the retirement phase, if they haven't kind of closed the, the definition of their role as a father or mother, there can be some stuckness in there of mm-hmm. kind of thinking, you know, we either get our purpose from our work or we get our purpose from the defined roles in society and being a parent is a huge one. So there is a lot of elements of that to transition so that we treat our adult kids like the adults that they are instead of right. stay thingy for them for our purpose. So do you find that most people struggle in that transition initially or is that something which they grow through in time? Yeah, I was really surprised, John, when I started doing this work. I thought that I was going to work exclusively with people in retirement. And I was very surprised to discover that people early in the retirement phase, even you know, for women and men, women, though, that had worked full time, they talked about their purpose as still connected with their children. So it was surprising to me to see how much those are interrelated and how much in our culture, in our Western culture, we define ourselves by what we do. 
And the two things that we do the most of hours per day is our paid work and our roles as parents. And then as you just shared, once the kids are gone, it's caring for aging parents. So those Mm -hmm. doing roles are how we define ourselves. And when those jobs paid or, you know, the at-home piece of it are done, who are we then? Right. So what do you see then? If we struggle with that so much, I know myself, um, you know, we have three boys. Some of the listeners know we have three boys and they're 30 and 27 and 24. So uh, Stacy and I are empty nesters now. And yep. uh, so we're even trying to get used to, you know, as far as changing the settings on the heater and air conditioner for fewer people in the house. Right. And so but even just trying to get used to that as far as as far as our time, managing our time, we mm-hmm. really were known throughout life, as you said, as really the parents of three boys, our life was so wrapped up in raising them and and really training them as far as a character and then releasing them into a young adulthood. Now it's like, wow, first of all, who are we um, as individuals? And, you know, I I know you probably have seen lots of stories, sad stories, actually, of people that have struggled in that race, but it seems to be all encompassing though. That's probably it relates to our health, it relates to our mobility, the things that we do. It probably relates to a little bit of our activities, our joy or lack of joy. Do you see that walking through this journey is it focus on one area, or is it kind of more of a holistic approach? It's a holistic approach, John. And the a framing that uh, is helpful for people to see this emptiness phase before the retirement phase. We're fairly fairly clear about retirement that, oops, I'm going to lose, you know, I'm I'm no longer going to show up at work 40, 50, 60 hours a day. I'm not going to be there. But the first thing we retire from, I have come to see is full-time parenthood. So when we retire from full-time parenthood, if you're, you know, with three boys, you were probably on a ton of sports sidelines, extracurricular sidelines. The friends that you hung out with were probably the parents of your your boys, friends. Yeah. So when the first thing we retire from is that role as parents. So in that we lose the structure of our after work hours or our weekends, those tournaments and all that's done. We lose a lot of the connections that we had. So we lose some friendships and we lose one of the ways that we define ourselves. The same thing then is true with retiring from paid work. We lose the structure of our day. We lose the definition of our role in the world. And we usually lose the connections that went with that. We Mm. Don't expect that. We go, I've worked with these people for 30 years. I'm going to stay in touch. Maybe, but sadly, mostly no. The person that's left in the work role is like, uh, who do I get my invoices from? And you're on your way. So the struggles and emptiness are really similar to the struggles in retirement. It's just an iterative wave of transitions. Hmm. And I'm sure it applies not just to some of those practical things as far as our daily our daily schedule and the things that we're doing. But do you find it also applies maybe to a level of joy, level of contentment, level of finding purpose and meaning also? Absolutely, yes. In both our paid work and our roles as parents, they're quite prescribed, maybe they're unconscious, but you know, if you, you wouldn't have to think very long to define what society says equals a good dad, a good mom, a good worker. Mm. And the way that you spend your time then when I'm on the soccer sidelines, lacrosse sidelines, the play, whatever for my kids, that's a good parent. Maybe you coached. That's a good parent. It defines how you invest your time. And it's it brings you tons of joy. Mm. Nothing probably brought you more joy than the time you spent with your voice. So for decades, if you got a 32 year old, you know, it's two and a half decades that you and Stacy were investing your time outside of your work in these human beings. And then you did a good job. Good job, dad, mom, they're off. 
And then you have uh, all the, you know, 20 extra hours a week mm-hmm. to redefine how do you want to invest that time outside of your paid work. Mm-hmm. Add retirement to that and how then you define your role, how you invest your time meaningfully is, a, is yet another wave of questions. And when we're doing the parent thing, when we're doing the paid work thing, it's satisfying. We're happy, mostly if you like your work, but it's certainly as a parent, you're happy to give all those decades of time. So a lot of the people that I work with, they're smart, they're competent, they get stuff done in every other area of their life. So they feel really confused and frustrated that they can't figure out Hmm. what they like to do outside of their role as a parent or a paid worker. Like I'm smart. Well, like, how can I, how can I not know this? Lots of people don't know this because they invested their time in other things for decades and paused hobbies, volunteering, whatever. Yeah. Is it a challenge? Do people, do they really, do they know how they can actually start to re-engage and find that? level of contentment and joy or is that a struggle for them as they transition to that next phase for many people it is a struggle uh for some it's you know it's a shorter struggle maybe if they happen to have kept hobbies going or had longed for something and they've just been carrying that and like oh finally i can learn to play the guitar or Mm. you know whatever but many people especially really um high achievers probably were working since they were 14. They maybe did sports as a kid. Maybe their body isn't cooperating with still being a football player or whatever. And so they are surprised by how challenging it is. And they feel kind of embarrassed that they can't think of anything. Like, what's the matter with me? Why can't I think of what I love? Yeah. What was the inspiration behind your book? Uh, choose joy, three keys to investing your time in retirement. Was it was it simply, as I know in the book, there's a lot of stories, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of great stories. Was it kind of just meeting people and hearing their stories of those that were doing it well? Uh, is that kind of what prompted you to write in that book? No, um, it's a little bit like what you were sharing as we were chatting that your mom, you know, mm-hmm. and your dad didn't keep their mobility going. For me, this will sound crazy, but I first got interested in how to age well with joy when I was 13. Wow. And when I was 13 years old, my grandma moved in with my family and she was the crabbiest human that I'd ever met. <laughs> and as a young person, I'm like, oh my God, like am I genetically programmed to grow up like crabby grandma? I didn't know I was 13. So I started asking people as a 13 year old, that's the kind of weirdo kid I was, like <laughs> if they were happy, like were you born this way or did you make up your mind? My mm. first person I asked was my seventh grade teacher, Mr. McMullen, and he was the first of hundreds of people to say, oh, no, mm -mm." they could name when they made up their mind to live with intention. You mentioned intention. That's a big value. That's what they said. They made up their mind to choose joy. Um, I did my honors thesis in college on this, and then I did marketing and lots of other things, but I've been curious about this. Then my mom, when she was at the end of her life, was as crabby as her mom. Although she said, girls, you tell me, I'm not, you know, if I'm ever like her. So to me, I felt this imperative to figure this out, that Mm. I couldn't just count on my good attitude right now as a relatively younger person. So I started interviewing people like, how do you do this? I interview wise ones that are 10, 20, 30, 40 years older than I am Mm. to find out how did they do that? Yeah. So I cast the net wide to ask anybody, who who do you know that makes you feel like, I want to grow up to be like Right. <laughs> oh, I just got, there was so wow. much to interview these incredible people. 
So much fun. So was there any common characteristics that you saw in, in those stories? Yeah, really great question. Yes. Um, the two common things that I would say, John, are uh, they universally dispelled a myth about finding purpose in retirement. I think what a lot of people get bogged down with is a belief that you, know, you leave this giant thing, your paid work and parenting, and so you're looking for this giant thing. So we think of purpose as this one big singular thing. And it's, you know, like the clouds parting and the tablets being delivered to Moses. Instead, hundreds of people that I interviewed, it is just what you're saying, an intentional collection of choices that align with your values. Exactly wow. what you share with your clients. Wow. So, and then it aligned their values in three ways ensuring that in a typical day, typical week, typical month, they have three things going on. They have something to engage their mind with a sense of purpose. It can be a variety of things, but things that really matter to them and make an impact. You talk about that too, you know, mm -hmm. then moving your body and you talk about health and well-being. just 20 minutes a day is enough to uh, bring significant health benefits. And then the third is connecting with others. So we have engage your mind with a sense of purpose, move your body, and then connect with others. And I'm sure that you hear this from others that you interview. Loneliness is an epidemic. It was an epidemic before our pandemic. And the Harvard study on adult development is the longest study on adult development said this startling thing, that loneliness kills at the same rate as smoking and alcoholism. Mm. Wow. It's that imperative. That is staggering. It really is. To think that through. And yet I'm sure that all of us, I know myself, I can think of so many people that were in that phase of life and they were very lonely with their daily activity and their life expectancy got shortened, much shorter than I thought what their health would actually force them to be. I thought that they're going to live so many years and yet they passed away. But they were, when you think about it, they were lonely people. Yeah. And many, 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 I mean, it, it, well, it is an epidemic. And mm. so connecting, even a connection with one person has can have health benefits, can decrease Alzheimer's, can decrease risk of um, heart attack. It's profound. So mm. what I do with my clients is help them get reconnected with themselves. Yeah. And what are, what are their values? What are their skills outside of their work? What are they passionate about? What do they really care about? And then to create a collection of intentional choices that align with that and then put it on their calendar. So you don't have to rely on mm. a good night's sleep, which becomes more right. or good attitude. It, it's built into how you live. So you outlined three keys here and, <laughs> and on surface, on paper, they seem simple. Right. It's like, well, why would you not do these? But do people have hurdles to actually accomplishing those three things or making them a, so what would keep someone from doing those three things? Oh my goodness. So many things. So the loneliness one, when somebody's in there, you know, there's a self-talk that says, well, there's nobody out there. I live too far away from my family. I'm retired now. And my friends were all from work. I, this is particularly true, John, for men. Men mm -hmm. tend to rely on their spouse for their social yeah. connection. So if the marriage ends, which 50% of marriages do end in that empty nest phase, it's a huge mm -hmm. spike, then they don't have the, the tools, the resources to connect. 
true though with women as well. You know, women who are mothers and working, they're busy. So their friends are at work, their friends are on their kids' sidelines. And it's a shock when their kids leave them like, I just spent 15 years going to tournaments. What? We're not staying yeah. in touch. So you got to start over and that can be difficult. And then time, if you're also still working full time and then tending aging parents, there's time. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I, I'll just say, Babs, you're you're actually speaking very convicting language to me. Um, you know, we're in the empty nest syndrome stage right now with Stacey and I. And, you know, we work hard and we really uh, impact a lot of lives and we see a lot of cool things and do a lot of fun stuff. And yet so much of whenever we do things socially, it's really dependent for me on Stacy and yeah. uh, our friends that she engages and she sets those up. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I think I have a lot of solitary time whenever I'm the one responsible for setting up those social interactions. I can see how very easily that, um, you know, whatever it might be, 10, 12, 15 years down the road, that would be a struggle for me. And I think it'd be a struggle for a lot of people. So I can really see that. So all of a sudden now I'm sitting there thinking, okay, there, as far as those three keys, and um, they've been outlined, and yet there's hurdles to accomplishing them. I know mm-hmm. you have put together a number of incredible classes and other resources. Whenever you kind of think of those resources and classes, how can people interact with that? Is it simply as simple as getting your book and reading it? Or is it better for them to kind of walk through a class or engage in some other way? I mean, starting with my book is a great is a great place. There, It's a collection of 50 stories of how wise ones have done it at the end of each story. It's sort of like chicken soup for the soul. They're very readable, a little bedtime story. And then there's a try this idea after each story. So if something inspires you, there's a concrete action you can take. There's a free guidebook that goes along with the book that can help you. Uh, If you are a woman joining my free Empty Nesters Joyful Purpose Club, I post content five days a week. So if you feel very self-motivated and you feel like, ah, I got this, go for it. If you feel like, like so many, you you know you're smart, you know you're competent, you're like, eh, but I'm just not figuring this out. It's been a couple of years and I'm still not figuring it out. Then, you know, something that you espouse, John, is get wise counsel. Yeah. Be smart. Don't waste a couple of years. You know, a, a jarring wake up for me when I was in that emptiness phase was realizing I still have 25, 35 years. The actuarial tables would put me, you know, at 85 87 yeah. a woman. I'm 60 right now. So 25 more years of living to be stuck right. for 25 years. I'm not going to waste it. Yeah. Yeah. Think you're going to poke it through if you're not finding answers. Don't waste. But life's too short. Mm-hmm. It truly is. I mean, and one of those key things for all of us, financially, regardless of where we're at, we're all managers of the time that we've been given. And so mm-hmm. it all of a sudden wastes a year or wastes two years uh, just because we don't want to walk through the process, um, not being a good manager of our resources. Uh, which is our time. And so um, now you mentioned women um, as far as your materials applicable for both men and women, but do you have a specific class for women? Is that kind of what I was just. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yes. I do have a, a course that's exclusively for women. It's called the choose joy method to rediscover your purpose. And it guides women, women, I, I did it for women because women tend to prefer to process in a group. And I have found men tend to prefer to process one-on-one. So I work with men in a one-on-one guiding yeah. the same concepts, but sure. uh, fundamentally getting reacquainted with yourself of those things that I mentioned. What are your, so well aligns with what you do, John. So it is, what are your values? What are your skills outside of your paid work or skills that you want to 
carry forward from your paid work mm -hmm. that's the next mm -hmm. phase of life what do you care about what are your passions and then creating a plan through a variety of things literally to invest your time on a typical day typical week typical month so your choices are aligned with the things you care about it sounds basic but it it takes some work and then for both men and women as we've lived a few decades, we tend to carry with us maybe some limiting beliefs, a little bit of baggage. So I work on yeah. uh, that for women. They're women of our generation, although sadly it's still true for younger. There's a lot of people pleasing. We put the mm -hmm. our worth is based on making other people happy. For men, mm -hmm. a kind of classic thing is being the provider. For a man, comes from being a, a good father, a good provider. So when the job of dad and provider is done, what is your worth? Yeah. So really getting clear on many other ways that you can give your good to the world. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking it really, whenever you kind of walk through this, I keep on thinking of the word listening and, mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of like active listening is more than just listening, but it's being engaged in the process. Um, so you mentioned with the women kind of being more engaged and processing within a group, whereas the men kind of process a little bit more individually. Mm -hmm. How does active listening play into the into folks as they're walking through this journey on actually going into some concepts, some deeper thoughts on helping them kind of walk into that journey of joy? Is active listening a high, they need to be an active listener, I guess, is the question in order to be able to process through things well? So is your question, do they need to be an active listener or am I an active listener for them? I would say both of those. Yes. Uh, by all means, active listening is core to how I support people. And I, with that active, deep listening, help them hear their own wisdom. I hear it both from men and women, but I'm thinking of a, an attorney that I'm working with right now who is not used to sharing his thoughts and his feelings. Mm -hmm. And so have a safe place to really reflect. He just marvels that this is possible and what he can learn to you know, process out loud, process in written form, process in the variety of tools that I can provide. He just is finding it revelatory to get yeah. reconnected with what does he care about? How does he want to live? What does matter to him? So it's both. It's both. Now, Babs, I know that uh, it's incredible the last number of years how uh, we've kind of gone from being geographically constrained as far as who we work with to where now. Um, you know, we can be at different parts of the world to be able to work together. Um, mm -hmm. If folks say, hey, you know, I'm going to get Bab's book and read through there. I'm going to uh, start to actually think through and process some things. Um, but I'd like to have a conversation directly with Bab's or um, kind of walk through some of this. Would they need to be geographically close to you? Or is that something where you can work together remotely? Or what does that look like? I work exclusively with, I, I work exclusively in a remote method. Mm -hmm. I yeah. have had clients from Nova Scotia to British Columbia to wow. Southern Florida and California to uh, everything in between. I've even connected with people in India and somebody in Romania. So yeah, uh, anything is possible with, you know, mm -hmm. connecting just like you and I are today. Yeah. When I kind of think through this, as far as just walking through action steps, and I'm a big believer in having some very firm action steps whenever we walk through things. And yeah. so when folks are looking to create this concrete plan for living that life of joyful purpose, and they're saying, you know, I want to walk through that. Is there some general advice that they need to be thinking about before they walk into that conversation? Or is there some general thoughts they need to be having or some, some preliminary ideas that they need to be chewing on? 
Yeah, I would I would bring it right back to the three keys that I offer in my book, John. So if somebody is a go-getter and they feel like, ah, oh, this is pretty easy, I can do it myself, please, please do. do. And it is not simply, but the approach then is to think really uh, thoughtfully, soulfully about what you care about and choose at least one activity to engage your mind with a sense of meaning outside of your paid work. It really makes a difference to be to begin something two, three years before you retire. So you're not retiring from something, but rather you can be retiring into something. Uh, so choose something to engage your mind. And I want to just throw in here only 30% of the population volunteers. So engaging your mind, if you're a volunteer, you're like, well, that's easy peasy. I'm going to volunteer. Good if you're 30%. For the other 70%, it might be a creative passion. It might be um, learning something new. It could be a wide variety of things. So one, get aligned with what you care about and find a way to engage your mind with a sense of purpose. It, something that you can do weekly. Two, move your body at a minimum of 20 minutes every day. It can be anything. Um, gardening, um, walking, pickleball, it could be a wide range of things. So find a way to move your body minimum 20 minutes a day. And then the third is to do the work to connect with other people. And again, research shows even one connection can make a difference. The sort of uh, bonus is sometimes you can combine them. I'll give one example of ways when people say, but my, my best friends all live far away and we moved and I live in an isolated place. A simple way to get two of those three going is to do what I call a walk and talk. Put your mm -hmm. earbuds Connect with a friend anywhere in the world, set a phone date and go for a walk. I have a friend who lives 2000 miles away and we walk every Monday. I have a brother who lives a thousand miles away. We have a standing phone date twice a month. So you can combine and I go for a walk along the creek. So there's ways to combine them, ways to bridge the loneliness thing outside of geography with what technology makes possible. Mm. I love the practical. I love the simple baths. I love how you actually have time periods in there, uh, which gives people actionable steps. And um, yeah, I wrote all three of those down with the time frames. I'll start incorporating that in my life tomorrow. Um, those are huge takeaways. That is just so meaningful, so so helpful and impactful. And I, I can't believe we're at 25 minutes already, uh, which is just incredible. So I know McKinsey just sent me a message about kind of wrapping things up. Hey, whenever we kind of look about the things we've talked about, Babs, if people want to connect with you or get more information from you, What's the best way for them to be in touch and find more information out about you? Easiest way is to go to my website, which is babsplunkett.com. So all the free copy of my book or a sneak preview of my book, the guidebook to the book, uh, a free um, guide, Empty Nester's Guide to Joyful Purposes there, and an invitation to uh, do my free group and to connect with me one-on-one. -on -one. Got it all there. Yep. Yeah, everyone, I'll be sure to make sure you check those things out as far as the Babs on our website. And uh, definitely connect with her. I'm sure we'll be uh, bringing Babs back um, later on as far as for uh, just a refresh and uh, provide some other resources available uh, brought to you by Babs. And so phenomenal job. Thank you so much for uh, walking with us today for the last 30 minutes. It's been a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal conversation and very helpful. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Everybody, thank you so much also for listening to uh, the latest edition of Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention. And uh, look forward to catching you all next time. We get together next week. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening to The Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast with host John Creekmer. 
follow us on social media, visit our website, and join our community of like-minded individuals redefining retirement and living incredible lives. Please leave us a review and share our podcast with others who may benefit. We wish you a future filled with purpose, fulfillment, and the joy of living your incredible life in retirement.